0: welcome to the second episode of getting carried away a sex in the city podcast i'm your host and sex in the city expert justice today i will be discussing the second episode of sex in the city models and mortals and i'll be diving into the biggest takeaways from the episode and what we can learn and apply to our normal lives compared to the fabulousness of sex in the city So the episode begins with Miranda being invited to a dinner party by a guy named Nick. Nick is a 34 year old successful sports agent. Miranda's having a great time at the dinner party. She's really getting along with Nick's friends when she learns from his female friends that they actually gave him an ultimatum to bring a woman to dinner who can actually hold a decent conversation. So Nick is always bringing back these models who push around their food and barely speak. Brand is completely shocked that an average looking guy like Nick only dates models. She asks, So do you have to be a supermodel to get a date in New York? And this raises a very relevant point about beauty and dating. All over social media, we see women who once looked normal now appearing to be someone completely different. Their limbs are plumper, their boobs are bigger, they just grew hips and an ass overnight. It raises the question regarding surgery and the true reasoning behind why women get it. Is it to stay competitive in the dating market? Is it just plain insecurity because they know they don't look as beautiful as the image being pushed in the mainstream nonsense? The show was filmed in 1998, where the idea of beauty drastically began to change. Women were expected to appear like supermodels. Cindy Crawford, Kate Moss, and Naomi Campbell were big names during that time, and they exemplified The standard of beauty. And let's face it, Miranda is an average looking woman, like most of us. She doesn't dress overly sexy. She's in shape, but she doesn't present as stunningly beautiful, but merely cute. And this is why I love Miranda, because to me, she represents that underdog when it comes to the beauty department. She's secure with how she looks to an extent and points out that we live in a culture that promotes impossible standards of beauty. She realizes that there are certain advantages given to exceptionally beautiful women. And she says that it is clearly unfair. It's so funny at how relevant this episode is today because here we have Miranda who is able to point out the madness and she refuses to conform. In fact, most of the girls besides Samantha don't conform to the traditional standard of beauty by getting plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery. So I would equate the models in this episode to Instagram models today. They promote the current standard of beauty which is a coke bottle shape, plump lips, long hair, flawless makeup and a flat stomach. We scroll through Instagram and start to feel insecure about our looks compared to the images we are seeing on our phone screen. The women on the show start pointing out their flaws. Carrie hates her nose, Charlotte hates her thighs and Miranda hates her chin. But Samantha, she's perfectly content with her looks. And Miranda makes a joke on how she should be because she's paid enough for it. In surgery, it wasn't taboo during this time. In fact, this is when cosmetic procedures started to become more prevalent. Samantha also points out at how she's not against surgery. This got me thinking though that a woman like Samantha is probably expected to keep up with current beauty standards because of her yearning to be single and her yearning to also to be able to have a fulfilling dating and sex life. And... Really, honestly, will the men Samantha are attracted to really want her if she allows herself to age naturally? Probably not. And we see this today. Women who are in their 40s, they get surgery and they look like their 20-year-old self again. And Carrie, she makes a valid point as she's pointing to a magazine cover. and She says, how can four flesh and blood women be intimidated by some unreal fantasy? And she admits that what they're seeing is not real, but merely an illusion. And it's the same thing with Instagram models. We all know they don't really look like that in real life. We know they edit their pictures and their heavy makeup only looks good on camera. We also know that many of these women suffered from botched surgeries, but promote themselves as perfect. We know this, but we still fall for the trap. We still try to imitate what we see on Instagram. And how do you explain regular women running to get surgery? Why does a regular woman who works a nine to five need fake boobs? Is it insecurity or the want to remain competitive in the current dating market? Which brings me to the next point when Carrie poses the question, how powerful is beauty? We see various models talk about the things that they got, such as trips to Paris, being offered a free boob job, a diamond necklace, and other consumer products. They explain that they simply got all those things just based on their looks. Which brings me to another relevant point, of how women today expect this sort of treatment because they are pretty I see it all the time sugar babies who are demanding an an allowance simply because they are pretty and they know some desperate man is willing to pay women who get flown out by men just based off of their Instagram pictures beautiful women do get different treatment when it comes to men men are willing to give up some of their resources to be in the company of a beautiful woman So in this episode, we see Carrie meet up with her friend uh, Berkeley, who is an artist who never sold a painting, but somehow was still able to maintain this fabulous lifestyle in Soho. He also only sleeps with models, and he admits this to Carrie when he shows her his true art. He secretly tapes his sexual conquests with the models he sleeps with. He tells Carrie that models are actually easier to sleep with than normal women because models are so used to that type of treatment that it's almost expected. And I think this is one of the parts of the series that really completely would not fly today because recording a woman without her consent is a crime and we have to admit very creepy. But Berkeley tells Carrie that maybe some of the girls know they are being filmed. And I personally think that he sees no wrong in it because these women are professional models, so they are used to being on camera. Not saying that it makes it right, but I think it adds a rawness to the episode, just like other taboo moments throughout the series. We can't act like that some men actually don't do this. Like, this isn't to normalize it, but merely shed some light on it. So, we see Carrie and Stanford at Stanford's Clients Fashion Show. And this is when we're introduced to Derek, an underwear model. This is also where we see Samantha meet Berkeley, and she was very intrigued by the fact that he films himself sleeping with models. Samantha was so confident that she felt that she was just as pretty as a model. Samantha is the prime example that your attitude and how you carry yourself can get you what you want to an extent though. Samantha convinced herself that she was just as good looking as a model. However, When Samantha goes back to Berkeley's place and they are, you know, doing the do, she confesses that she knows about the cameras, but he clearly states that he only films models. Samantha had to convince him to turn on the cameras and film them having sex. Another crack in Samantha's armor. She was clearly told that she doesn't even compare to a model and Berkeley sure didn't mistake her for one or else he would have been filming them sleeping together. And I think that Samantha's actions are just things to repair her damaged ego She wanted the same treatment as models and she was willing to go to that extent to get it. But Berkeley still proved that even though Samantha can think she compares to the models, she falls short. So then we see Carrie run into Mr. Big at the fashion show after party. And it's funny because Carrie admits that she knew Big was out of her league. Big admits to Carrie that he started reading her column after they met. And Big continually shows interest to Carrie. And I think it really throws Carrie off because She knows she would probably never be taken seriously by Big, but Big is also a clear representation of how a man truly thinks. Big is very logical. So him and Carrie, they're talking about Carrie's article that week and how she's researching men who date models. She comes up with all these reasons why men date models, stating that some men do it as a sport and other men just, you know, really like dating models. But Big simply tells her, maybe those men just have a thing for exceptionally beautiful women. And this statement shakes Carrie up a little bit because it makes her question her own looks because Big is actually there with a model from the fashion show they were just at. And the statement is also very real and very raw. With women, we always look deeper into things. We keep digging until we can't anymore. Then we dig a little further. In all actuality, certain things aren't as nuanced as we may think. And this is the purpose of Big's character, in my opinion, and also why I think him and Carrie work so well together. He's the logic and she's the emotion. So Carrie explains while she's leaving the party that she felt invisible and she thought she came to terms with her looks when she turned 30. And the relatability is so clear. It doesn't matter the age. When a woman is surrounded by women who are more attractive and younger than her, she is more than likely bound to feel a little bit insecure. She mentions that she no longer had the energy to be superficial. And this is so important because a lot of people today have a false sense of confidence. Their confidence isn't rooted in anything besides their looks. And there will always be someone who is more attractive than you. So while leaving the party, Derek runs into Carrie and asks her to go home with her. Or asks him, yeah, he asks her to go home with her. (laughs) Which is probably... it's really weird but he just says that it's probably quiet there and they just went back to her apartment and laid in her bed and talked and derek tells her that he doesn't like dating models because they're stupid and he also admits that he actually feels kind of lonely and another major epidemic going on amongst us millennials loneliness we're all connected through social media but feel lonelier than ever we see celebrities admitting that it's hard for them to date and find real connections just like regular people And this episode unravels perfectly because by the end, we realize that looks aren't everything, or at least being the most beautiful. This episode really focused on insecurities. Women tend to build up this false confidence when they know they are lacking in certain areas. If you're not the most beautiful, you may believe you're smarter than most other people. And I think we see this with Miranda throughout this series because I think she's the one who sometimes struggles with her looks, but then overcompensates with her intelligence and her wit. But at the end of the day, every woman wants to feel beautiful. We see this when Miranda runs into Skipper at a convenience store. He asks her why she won't return his calls and she comes up with all these excuses. She mentions their age difference. But when Skipper calls her luminous, everything changes for Miranda. She finally started to see herself how Skipper saw her as a beautiful, intelligent woman who he had real feelings for. And this brings up two points for me. First. A lot of women tend to like the men who like them, even though the woman may not have any real interest in that man. And second, many women are insecure, as I previously mentioned, and compliments from men only temporarily solve that insecurity. So I'm trying to figure out which category Miranda falls into because she never really had that much interest in Skipper and we see this all throughout the season. Miranda represents that woman who thrives off of power and having the upper hand. We have all been in that situation where someone has a crush on us and we really have no interest, but since we know they like us and will compliment us, we keep them around as a quote-unquote plaything, so to speak. It's messed up, but it's what women do and it's what Sex and the City shows throughout the series. Women can't help but to be women. One analogy I love that Carrie makes when she says, Being beautiful is like having a rent-controlled apartment overlooking the park. Completely unfair and given to those who deserve it least. I tend to think beauty was given to those who may not have anything else to offer because they simply rely on their looks. Women who aren't traditionally beautiful tend to have other amazing qualities, as cliche as that may sound. And it's because they have to develop those qualities because they know the world won't give them what they want just based off of their looks. And at the end of the episode, we see Big go to the the coffee shop where Carrie's writing at. And he tells her he's been thinking about her article that she's writing and mentions that at the end of the day... You just want to be the one who makes you laugh. And then he gets up and he leaves. And Carrie says to the camera that beauty's fleeting, but rent control is forever. And this is so relevant today because in a world where everyone wants to appear perfect and reach this completely unrealistic beauty standard, all of that eventually fades. But your personality, values, and morals, they're forever. And that's what truly makes a person. And we get a snippet of the man Miranda went on a date with earlier in the episode, Nick, who says that dating models is messing up his life and interfering with his work. Dating a beautiful woman comes at a price, especially today. Beautiful women literally charge a man a fee just to meet up with them. And again, this is why I love Big's character. He gives us that necessary realness to an extent. Women may think all men want beautiful women, which of course they do. But at the end of the day, it's truly how a woman makes a man feel. That's what's the most important. So that was my quick recap on episode two of Sex in the City. I'm your host, Sex in the City expert, Justice. Don't forget to come back next week for episode three. Bye.